the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. When the cynics of the world want to question our faith, when materialism wants to distract us from God, when the events of life conspire to shake our faith, we must hold fast. We started this week of broadcasting talking about God's faithfulness to us, and we're going to continue that theme, but with a different message on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday. If you'd like to uh, know more about the church, just go to their website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Here's Pastor Layton. I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. This last summer we, we had a sermon series on doctrine because we wanted to, to know what we believe and why we believe what we believe. And, and that was a, then led logically to the sermon series on the art of living because we wanted to know how to apply these doctrines to our daily living. And, and so our, our preaching team has brought you various facets of that and done an incredible job. And today we want to look at how these doctrines impact our attitude towards and our interaction with the church. Because it is the church that bears witness of these doctrines and passes it from generation to generation. Now Jesus gave some very clear instructions to his followers on what his priority is. And that is to bear witness to Jesus Christ. The book of Acts records the last instructions from Jesus. It was written by Luke who had also wrote the gospel that holds his name, that bears his name. And uh, in Acts we find, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? This was their priority. This is what they were thinking. And Jesus said, that's not the priority. Let me tell you what the priority is. He said to them, it's not for you to know the dates or times the times are the dates when the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after this, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid Him from their sight. And so Jesus' last words were to His followers, and He commanded His followers to be His witnesses and to wait for the Holy Spirit because it was the Holy Spirit that was going to empower them to fulfill the great commission that was, our, that was their assignment. And so in Acts chapter 2, we read about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. 
And uh, 3,000 people received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord that day and came into the church. It was the first fruits towards this great commission that had been given to the church by Jesus. And, and, and when a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ, they become part of the church. That was true then. It's true now. If you're a believer, you need to be in a church family. In fact, Paul writes in Ephesians 2.19, you are a member of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Ephesians 2.19. The passage, the verse here reveals a couple of things. It reveals that the church is a family. We're a family, primarily a family. Why are we a family? Well, because we have been adopted by our heavenly Father. And that makes us children of God, and that makes us family. That's why we call each other brother and sister, because we've been adopted by the family, by, by the heavenly Father. And, and, and every, God expects every believer to be a member of a local church family. That's emphasized a number of places in Scripture. It is emphasized here in Hebrews chapter 10. Now, the emphasis is in verse 25, but let's pick it up at verse 23. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Verse 25, let us not give up meeting together. Let us continue to meet. Every Christian should be a member of a local church and assemble regularly. And this was modeled for us from the very first Christians, recorded in Scripture in Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, prayers can be done individually, but they can also be done together. Uh, breaking of bread, that's done together. Fellowship, that's done together. Uh, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's done together. Now, these were four things that were essential to the life of those first century believers. They did not give up meeting together. And as a result, they turned the world upside down. They changed the course of human history. And if we're going to be effective in our generation, we need to be devoted to the very same things those first Christians were devoted to. And, and we need to be devoted to meeting together. Now, this passage in Hebrews uh, 10, 23 through 25 contains three admonitions. The first deals with the heart, the second with the mouth, and the third with conduct. The first with God, the second with the world, the third with the church, or as another uh, scholar said, faith hope, and love. In view of all that Christ has accomplished for us, we need to approach God confidently in worship. We need to maintain our Christian confession and hope, and we need to help one another by meeting together regularly for mutual encouragement until the Lord returns. Amen. Now, with that as an introduction, let's study the passage verse by verse. Verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold. Let us never lose our grip. When the cynics of the world want to question our faith, when materialism wants to distract us from God, when the events of life conspire to shake our faith, we must hold fast 
hold unswervingly. When the New Testament uses the phrase hold fast, it means remain true to doctrine and practice. Let us hold unswervingly. Unswervingly is an interesting word. It means unbent, as in straight, like a, like a banner that is flying high instead of drooping over. We must always confess our Christian hope fearlessly and, cour- and courageously, never allow ourselves to grow silent, never deny our faith. And the implication here is that it will be challenged. The faith that we profess will be challenged. What is the faith that we profess? Well, as I was preparing for the message, I, one of the, the scholars that I, I read was A.W. Pink. And when I read what he had to say, I thought, our congregation really want, would, wants to hear what A.W. Pink said. This is what he wrote. The confession of our faith is that solemn acknowledgement which is made by a person when he publicly claims to be a Christian. It is the avowal that he has renounced the world, the flesh, and the devil for Christ. It is the declaration that he disowns his own wisdom, righteousness, and will, and receives the Lord Jesus as his prophet, priest, and king. His prophet, to instruct him in the will of God. His priest, to meet for him the claims of God. His king, to administer in and over him the government of God. It is the owning that he hates sin and desires to be delivered from its power and penalty, that he loves holiness and longs to be conformed to the image of God's Son. It is the claiming that he has thrown down the weapons of his warfare against God and has now completely surrendered to God's just demands upon him. It is the profession that he is prepared to deny self, take up his cross daily, and follow the example which Christ left him as to how to live for God in this world. In a word, it is the publishing abroad that he has from his very heart received Christ Jesus the Lord. The profession of our faith, A.W. Pink. For he who promised is faithful. Christians have a good reason to hold on to the confession of our faith because he who promised is faithful. God made the promise, and because God is faithful, we know that whatever he promises is going to come to pass. Our security is linked to the promise of God and the character of God. And the idea here is, God is faithful, will you be? God is faithful, will you be? Because there are times in the Christian life when we might feel like quitting or giving up on our faith, And at those times, we need to be reminded and encouraged by God's faithfulness. God always keeps his promises. God said he was was going to send a Savior. He did. Jesus Christ said, I'm going to die. He did. Jesus Christ said he's going to rise again on the third day. He did. Jesus Christ said he's coming back. He will. God always keeps his promises. Verse 24, and let us consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We need to be reminded that we're Christians not only for our own sake, but also for the sake of others as well. Because it's all too easy to drift into some kind of a selfish Christianity, which is actually a a contradiction of terms because you can't be selfish and a Christian. 
We must spur each other, provoke each other. It can be used both positively and negatively. Provoke each other to noble living. How do we do that? One way is by setting an example in our own lives. Another is by reminding other believers of the promises, privileges, and responsibilities that they have. And that can only be accomplished in either case when we are meeting together, when we are assembling together. When you go to the website for Church of the Highlands at highlands.us, the theme for the church that you'll see on the homepage is Connecting People to God and each other. This is a sermon series that Pastor Layton entitled The Art of Living, and we'll continue with what is uh, part three of this series tomorrow and then wrap it up on Monday. Um, there are four parts in the series, so we'll continue on through next week as well. Just a little encouragement to join us for each day of broadcasting. If you miss any of the programs, you'll find them on the web at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Thinking ahead to the weekend, if you're looking for a church home and would like to uh, join us at Church of the Highlands, all of the service times are right there on the homepage. Again, the website is highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow at this same time when Pastor Layton will open the Word of God and we will study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.